he's behind this. You say, well, well why, why would he mess with our service? Because God has plans for your life today. And so if he can make you uncomfortable and frustrated and distracted, maybe he can keep you from letting your faith be built to see God do what he's planning to do in your life. And so we just rebuke the devil. There's no reason for all three AC units to go out in one time except that just the, the, the devil got in, but that's all right. We're going to worship Jesus anyway. So I, I want to encourage you, and I know Pastor Albert talked about it on TCN uh, really quickly, but I want to encourage you, if you have not downloaded our new app, please download the new app, get, get the update. Uh, if you have an iPhone, all you have to do is update it. If you have an Android, I believe you have to download a new app. And, uh, but there's so many wonderful things that you're going to enjoy. Worship with us, and, and uh, some of these songs today are on our worship app. And as you're driving in in the morning, or maybe you're praying in the morning, or in your worship time, you know, open it up, listen to these songs, let them get in your heart and in your spirit. Uh, thank you very much. I'm definitely going to need that. Yes, sir. And uh, you can worship along with us, and then also you can follow along on all of our news and things that are happening here. Lots of way, great, great ways to get involved. Um, if you don't know, uh, we did change giving systems as a part of this. The other system just got way too expensive, and uh, we didn't feel like it was a good expenditure of uh, the resources that have been brought into this church and the kingdom of God. So we found a more efficient, more effective system that is safe and secure. It's going to do a wonderful job for you. But you do have to re kind of set up some things. So don't be alarmed by that. Something didn't go wildly wrong. You, um, just know that we changed systems, and that's why. Because so I want to encourage you in your giving today and just thank you for all that you do on a consistent mess, uh, basis. Um, God has been so good to us. And, you know, I, I often talk about, when I talk about giving, I often talk about that God isn't concerned so much just about our gift as he is the heart behind it. And I was reading this week from the book of Psalms and and God was speaking and he was, he was talking about how the Israelites had given their often offerings consistently. They had brought their tithe, they had brought their offering consistently, but their heart wasn't a heart of thankfulness, it wasn't a heart of gratitude, and thus God was like, I mean, I appreciate your gift, but this is what he says, I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I don't need you to feed me. I'm more concerned with your heart. And, and, I, and I just reminded me that, you know, I, I give because of, I, I'm disciplined to give because we, this is what Lindsay and I do, and that's a huge part of it. But it's just a reminder that God's really after my heart. And so when I give, it's an opportunity for me to come together and, and my wife and we worship God and we say, thank you, God, for what you've done. We don't give begrudgingly, but we give, as the New Testament says, with a cheerful heart because of what God has already done in our life. So I'm encouraging you to give cheerfully today into the house of God. It's offering time here at Triumph Church. While you prepare your gifts, let me tell you about uh, one quick opportunity. Um, it won't uh, fit all of you, but some of you it will. Uh, this year, we have uh, the opportunity of uh, giving away to one uh, graduating senior or current freshman or sophomore in college, the first uh, Benny Bankin scholarship to, to someone in, uh, that's going to college or already in a freshman or sophomore year to an accredited university. And uh, through the generosity of some amazing people, we're going to be able to help one student in this church. And so if you are a graduating senior or you're a freshman or a sophomore in college currently, I encourage you, go by the connection desk and there's, uh, it looks just like this. It's a card. Make sure you get that filled out and back to us 
by May the 19th. Everybody say May the 19th. And then on our graduation Sunday, we'll be announcing the winner. And I just love this. It's a chance to sow into someone's education and someone's future. Isn't this a great thing? Amen. All right. Uh, let's see. I think that's all I had to talk about today as far as that. Ushers, um, we're not going to go to quite to TCN, just uh, back to that commercial yet. Wait, no, y'all are over here. Okay. Okay. I don't know what that means. Mother's Day. Yeah, we're not going to go back there just yet. I'm going to do something different first. Um, so ushers, uh, we're going to pray over our offering, and then if you'll assist us, that would be great. Father, I thank you for every giver in this house. I thank you for all that you're doing. I thank you that you're with us, that you are for us, that you're fighting for us, God. I thank you that today is a day you plan to do the, the supernatural, the miraculous in our lives. But God started right here in this part of our worship service. As we bring our gifts to you, we bring our tithe to you. Lord, we do so with a cheerful heart, smiling and, and grateful for all that you've done in our lives. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in us. Multiply this offering. Let it go above and beyond to accomplish every purpose that you've sent it to this house for and bless every giver. I thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Ushers, you, you can assist us now. While they do, I want to tell you some really exciting news that I'm, 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 Lindsay and I are really pumped up about. Uh, I want to introduce some people to you that uh, you're going to get to know very uh, and they're just wonderful, wonderful people. And so I'm going to ask uh, Wes and Jeannie if y'all would come right here and join me. Y'all, they're clapping for you. They don't even know you. We're off to a good start. So Wes and Jeannie have been with us for many years in our Nederland campus. They serve as elders there at Triumph Church Nederland and uh, have done so faithfully now. Um, to kind of put them in context. Do you remember a few weeks ago when Pastor Albert and Pastor Catherine came from Nederland and preached for us and ministered here? Um, this is their parents right here. This is Pastor Catherine's mom and dad. Um, they did really good, by the way. They did really good. I know you'd be, you're not surprised. Okay. And so um, they, they've been serving faithfully in our Nederland campus, but uh, as God would have it, he had a shift in their life coming, and he transferred Wes from his job over here to Houston. Uh, they put their home up for sale. It went from going up for sale to closing, right, in 26 days. First buyer, first person to look at it, made an offer and, and bought it. The, the long and short of that is they're moving here, and uh, we believe at one, one campus, multiple, one church, multiple locations here at Triumph, that uh, we, we want to just slide them right in as elders in this church as well. This is what God's already called in their life and the mantle that he's already placed on them. And so uh, we wanted, I wanted to introduce them to you today. And he said, well, Pastor Randy, I like this. And you, first time I've met them, you're going to love them right off. These are praying people. They're people that serve God faithfully. Uh, they, I mean, they're just some of the, the, the best people I know in the whole world. And so today, if you would, make sure you get by, say hi to them, welcome them to the area. Uh, they live just a little bit uh, further up 99 uh, than, than Lindsay and I do. So they're, this is, you know, they're new to the area, new to the region. And uh, uh, they just, I'm just, you welcomed us so wonderfully. And I couldn't be just more grateful. I'm hoping you'll do the same for them. Will y'all do that for me? Thank you. 
And so I thought I would ask our, our elders to join me for just a second, and let's just pray over them. And, uh, you know, they've already been ordained as elders. We're not doing that. We're just receiving them and believing that God's going to transfer everything he's done in their life and their ministry in Needleton to this campus. Would you all turn and face me right here? Lord, we thank you for this wonderful family, Lord God, this, that you have sent to Triumph Sugarland. Lord, I know that you have ordained this on the calendar of heaven. You have lined this up. And Lord, I believe that good things are in store for their future and good things are in store for their future here at Triumph Sugarland. For God, we are receiving them now as elders in this church. Lord, I, I commission them to take care of the sheep that God has brought to triumph, that, that we have been entrusted with. Lord, I pray that you are putting on them this, this mantle for this region. As we welcome them here, Lord God, you have already set it up to do great things. We bless them now in this new season of their life. Let every dream and every hope and every plan and every prayer they've ever sent to heaven, may it come to pass in this season. I declare it to be so in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So make sure you meet them right after service, if you will. And um, I, Lindsay wanted me to tell you, this was kind of crazy. We've, we've, we've known they were coming, we didn't know exactly when, but this all started the same day we announced, right? That the same day we announced we were transitioning, they came up and they're like, God just moved us too. So they came because of us. <laughs> if you like them, if you don't like them, it wasn't me, it was the Lord taking it. <laughs> All right, we got one more commercial and then we're going to dive right into our sermon today. Team, if you'll help me. Hey everyone, Mother's Day is fast approaching and because of how much we love and appreciate our moms, May the 12th will be Hats Off to Moms on Sunday. Wear your favorite hat and join us to celebrate. There will be special music, prizes, and a great photo opportunity. So moms, get those kids all matching in their cute Sunday best. For those who forgot, this is your official reminder to go get your mom a gift. Y'all be blessed, and I'll see you Sunday. Hey, Going to be a lot of fun next week. Moms, you can wear your favorite hat. Uh, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Pastor Lindsay's going to be preaching. She's going to do a great job. You're really going to enjoy that. So we kicked off a new series last week entitled, When Pigs Fly. And it's based off of this sarcastic kind of, you know, never going to happen statement that when we're, we, you know, someone says, you know, are you, are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? Is something ever going to happen for you? And you say, yeah, right, when pigs fly, meaning pigs are never going to fly, so that's never going to happen for me. And yet, I want to inspire you to believe God that things you could never do on your own are going to happen in your life. Because we serve a God who is miraculous at his very core. He does miracles, not because it's just what he woke up one day and decided to do, but he does the supernatural because it is who he is. Our God is a healer. He doesn't just heal. He is a healer. And, and so I, I want to encourage you to build your faith for the miraculous. Last week, um, you know, we talked about how a miracle is simply when God intervenes. There's a situation in your life and God intervenes and does something for you, that was a miracle. 
So we can relegate miracles just to, to just a few categories, but there are all types of miracles that are happening in our lives on a regular basis. When I was uh, a freshman in college, I, I was at Lamar University in Beaumont when I first started, and I had a few 8 o'clock classes. And if you know much about me yet, you know that I'm not a morning person, and this was always a struggle. And I needed a miracle to get to class on time every day. It was 15 minutes from my house to the university. I would wake up at 7.40 to try to be in class at 8 a.m. Jump up, hat on, t-shirt on, make sure it didn't smell too bad, you know, t-shirt on, race out the door, and then here's where the miracle came, play, came in. I didn't need the miracle to get a, a hat and a t-shirt on and, and, and to get to the school. I needed a miracle because if there wasn't a close enough parking spot, you had to park a long way away and walk over a big, huge bridge, and then I'd be late every time. And so all the way, man, I'm telling you, I prayed a lot on the way to school for that 8 o'clock morning. Lord Jesus, I love you today. I know that you're the God of the miraculous, and you do wonderful. you got to butter the Lord up sometimes, you know what I mean? Just like, I'm just reminding you, God, how good you are. And by the way, I could use that up-close parking spot. I needed God to intervene, but... Thankfully, we serve a God who does, and, and, and he loves to intervene in our life. I just believe when, when God shows up, does something we've asked, and, and we give him praise, we recognize that God just did something for us, I believe he just looks up there smiling and goes, I just love you. Why'd you do it, God? I, I don't know. just love you. You didn't have to, God. I know, but I just love you. Because that's the kind of God we serve. I'm, I'm believing for God to intervene in your life. So specifically, uh, there, there are four types of, or four categories of miracles that we're talking about. One is miracles of healing. This is what we're going to talk about today. Two, miracles of protection. We'll talk more about that. Uh, actually, I think we're going to talk about that on graduation Sunday. Uh, number three is miracles of provision. Miracles of provision. We'll talk about this in a couple of weeks. And then last week, we talked about number four, which was a miracle of deliverance. You see, the enemy is involved in our lives. And he is trying to make us suffer. He is trying to make life difficult. He is trying to mess with us. He is trying to distract us from God's will and, and make us do his will long before we even know it. And what we need is we need deliverance from the enemy. Doesn't mean that everyone is demon-possessed. It just means that the devil is at work. He has schemes and he has plans and he is using them against us. But the greatest trick that the devil ever pulled was to make us believe or convince us that he doesn't really exist. That's what he did. So we, we're fine when Hollywood talks about demons and the devil. We go, we pay money to be scared. I don't either. I don't either, Tom. I can't handle it. Like, I don't know why you people watch all that stuff. Y'all need Jesus. That's what you need. But, we, but, but Hollywood is okay, but when it comes to the church, we can't do it. And the reason why is because we don't like the reality of the devil. We're good as long as he is fictitious. We're good with, with Jesus as long as he is good to us and he's going to bring us to heaven. But when it comes to the realities of hell and the realities of the demons and, and the devil at work in our life, we don't want that. So we reject it and we make it off limits in the church, which is the one place that has the answers. So, so we have uh, two 
extremes that we can go to, and I encourage you, don't go to either one. The one, the one trap that is that we, uh, we underemphasize the work of the devil in our lives. Guys, if you can help me with my slides, I'd appreciate it. We underemphasize what the devil is doing. We don't think he's around. We don't think he's there. We, you know, oh, that's not really real. Look, there are things in your life that were your fault, but there are also things in your life that are the work of the enemy. The other side of the coin is when we overemphasize the influence of the devil in our lives. When we're looking under the devil, under every rock, every, every bad thing. You know, I was, I was walking out of my living room the other day, about three or four weeks ago. I was walking out of the living room Saturday night. Randy and I had just finished watching, uh, I don't remember, when, one of the basketball games. And I, and I kicked the couch. Broke my toe. I'm laid out on the ground, nearly passed out. My son's like, Dad, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, I'm not sure, son. I'm thinking, devil, why did you do that to me? The devil didn't do it. Okay, I knew that chair was there. I kicked it. It was my fault. So I'm not looking for the devil under every rock and every corner. So I got to be careful. I don't want to overemphasize, nor do I want to underemphasize. Are you tracking with me? Uh, let me say it to you this way, and, and forgive, um, forgive me for my uh, double negative here. I don't want to assume every problem is the result of demonic influence, but neither do I want to assume that any problem isn't. Don't, don't assume that every problem is the result of demonic influence, but don't, don't assume that any problem isn't the work of the enemy. So we look at it. What we need is discernment. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. We need discernment. Is this me or is this the devil or is this God? Which, which of the three is it? This is what we need. Uh, you see, we aren't fighting with our power. We are fighting with the authority of God. So when the enemy comes in and, he, and we recognize it's him, we don't come with us. We say, look, now that I realize I'm not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities, now I'm going to fight with the authority of God. Are you tracking with me? And so... Um, this, this is one of, the, one of the works, one of the miracles that God does in our life. We just have to remember this. And it's tough to remember sometimes when we're just trying to get through the week. We're just trying to get our bills paid and our laundry done and the yard mode and all that while keeping from selling our kids on the Internet somewhere. We just, <laughs> that was a joke. It was probably crossed the line. That, too far? My wife said that was too far. As if y'all have never thought it before. Don't, so we, don't, we, we have to remember this or we will, the, the enemy will keep us blinded and he'll be beating us up and we won't even know why. Today, I want to talk about a different group of miracles. When I was at, um, after I, I left Lamar, and uh, for those that don't know my story, I'll just give you a, a quick synopsis. I never wanted to be in ministry. I never wanted to be a pastor. I didn't want to be standing here. Um, and so my, my plan was I, I was I was going to Texas A&M and then I was going to go into law school. Any Aggies in the room? My people. <laughs> I had um, an apartment rented. I was registered for classes. And, and before I left, uh, a week before I left, God woke me up and said, you're not going. You're staying home. You're going to Lamar. So I did. But I stayed on the same track that I was. So I was like, well, I'll just go to Lamar. But I'll, I still want to do the same thing. And eventually, God really got a hold of my heart, and he shifted. And so I started, uh, I, I transferred from there to Houston Baptist University, which, of course, as you know, is just up the road. Uh, any, any HBU uh, people in here? All right, all right. Also my people. <laughs> um, 
And so while I was going there, uh, my major was in theology, and uh, I, I, my, my um, advisor happened to be the dean of the theology uh, department, college or whatever. And so I needed to take this class called Systematic Theology. But the, I was a sophomore at this time, but the, the senior level class was already full, but I had already gone to Bible school. And so he said, I tell you what, I'm just going to put you in the master's level class. I was rather confident in my abilities as a student, and I'm like, yeah, I can handle it, like, no problem. <laughs> this class helped me realize I had no study skills whatsoever, <laughs> like none. And so I go into this class, and there's, there's eight of us, including the, the professor, and all of them but me and one other girl have our, ma- they, everyone else already had a master's and were returning for a second or were working on their doctorate. And then there's me and this other girl. Now, she's about to graduate. This is like her last class. And then here's me. And by the way, they're all Baptists in the room. And I don't mean that as a bad thing. I'm just telling you their doctrine is different than my doctrine. And so already, like, I'm the youngest person there. I shouldn't be in the class. I don't know how to study. I'm making stuff up as I go along. It was a total disaster. Now, I would like to tell you that I made a B in that class, which is I'm more proud of than any other grade I ever made. Uh, I had a 3.9 in college, but that that 3.0 from that class was like, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Here's the point. To to end that class, we had three grades, and uh, one was he asked us questions every day, and he would walk in, and he'd go around the table, and he would say, tell me everything you know about Kierkegaard. (laughs) K-I-I-R. I couldn't even spell it. And then he would go to the next person after you talked for a while, and he would say, okay, tell me everything you know about Kierkegaard. And this is what we went around. Tell me everything you know about Martin Luther's uh, belief on the Trinity. So you'd talk until you couldn't talk anymore. You couldn't use your notes. You just had to remember what you read. Well, I, I didn't read. So I had to learn to read and study and highlight. It was, it was crazy. I skipped lots of classes before that just I, because this class was stressing me out. So that was one grade. Then we had one final. And then um, our third grade was... We had to write a 30-page paper and defend it to the class. All right? Now, this, this sounds fun to me, okay? This, you remember, I, I wanted to be an attorney, so arguing against people just seems like a blast to me. So I look up on the board, and everybody has to choose a different topic. Well, being the good Pentecostal boy that I am, I look up there. There's no question. Tongues and faith healing. Yeah. It's going down. <laughs> so... So I write my paper, and it's my turn to stand up and defend my paper to the class. Now, again, it's a Baptist university, and so I know what's coming. I think they're going to argue with me against speaking in tongues. So I prepared, like, all of my arguments to com- combat them about speaking in tongues. They didn't care about speaking in tongues. They totally accepted it. They're like, yeah, that's cool. We want to talk about faith healing. I'm like, uh... Like, in my mind, this was the easier of the two. I thought the controversy was going to be over tongues. That's a fairly, fairly reasonable expectation, right? So now I'm totally unprepared. Now all these master's level people and doctorate level people are grilling me over the doctrine of faith healings, and I was not really prepared. 
now I'm, I'm, you know, I'm backing up and I'm like, I'm sweating kind of like I am right now. And I'm like, Jesus. So, you know, I'm trying to argue scripture with them and I can argue the scripture, but it, but there comes to this place in time when what they were saying to me was these miracles aren't for today. We don't deny that they happened, but they stopped with the early church fathers. And I'm saying, no, they don't. And, and they're saying, yes, they are. And so finally, I had nothing else to argue with, so I resorted to eyewitness testimonies. And I said, okay. All right, I don't know where else to go right here, so let me just tell you. You can sit here and say it's not for today all you want to. And you can argue from a, um, a very academic point of view all you want to, but guess what trumps academia is experience. Let me tell you what I've seen with my own eyes. So I spent the next 15 minutes telling story after story after story of miracles that I've seen. I, I remember, Tom and Linda, y'all might remember this, when the lady was in the wheelchair and, and God healed her in the middle of the service and she stood up out of the wheel service, wheelchair and, and I, she never got back in it. Because God totally healed. I was there. I, I was there at 14 years old in, in Lima, Peru when the, when the blind person came up and our little group of four, I'm 14, the people with me are 16 and 15 and 14 and we, when we pray over this person and blinded eyes were open, I was there. I met the lady. I saw the documents from Triumph Church Vicksburg when the, when the doctors pronounced her dead, left the room. And almost an hour later, she came back alive again. I, I, I shook her hand. I saw the document. I've seen too many miracles to believe that God doesn't heal. I was, I was standing on the stage right over kind of where these musicians are. And, and I was about 17 years old. And I was, I was working cameras at the time. And, and, I, and so we were having this massive conference at the Civic Center. And there's thousands of people there. And I'm holding this camera that weighed about as much as I do. It weighed so much. that You know, it's not these little cameras we have now. This camera weighed so much that I had my friend holding me up on the other side. And I was standing there holding the camera when suddenly God healed the person in the room that had a tumor, and the tumor literally left their body. They brought it to the doctor in a Ziploc bag. I know, I know you're looking at me like, this is crazy. I, I have so many questions. I didn't see that. I saw the tumor, but I didn't see how it happened. I want to know. I've got questions about that. But all I'm telling you is that person had cancer, and then they didn't have cancer. Are you tracking with me? Um, why am I telling you this? Because all the time, I, I, we, we, we come into contact with people who are in desperate need of a miracle from God, and yet we're wondering, is God going to come through for me? Has he ever come through? I, I've seen so many of these stories, but as I, as I told this group, it's hard to argue when you've seen it firsthand. I got an A on my report, you'll be glad to know. One more story. You want to hear one more story? This was not from me. This is a, this is a secondhand story. Um, when Lindsay and I first went to Beaumont, we hired a, a worship leader, and uh, he, he was from South Texas, and his father had traveled around preaching 
tent revivals. That's, that's what he did. He, so he grew up playing organ in his dad's tent revivals. And so was, they, were, they were having a tent revival, and the guy came in to preach one time. And he was preaching, and God was doing miracles, and people were getting healed. And so they brought this person up in a wheelchair. And uh, my friend's sitting back there on the organ, and he's playing, you know, and it's like, okay, what's about to happen? <laughs> and and, and, and the, so the, the preacher walks up to him, the pastor walks up to him, and, and he grabs him, he grabs him by the hand, and he said, do you believe God can heal you? And the man said, yes, sir. And he said, then stand up and walk. And he yanked him out of the chair and slings him, and the guy goes running through, through the altar. People are cheering. Come on, cheer. Let me hear. Yeah. The guy runs smack into the wall, bam, and falls down. They, they came up to him and they whispered in his ear, hey, pastor, um, the guy can walk. He's blind. <laughs> oh, whoops. Thank you, Lord, I think. I don't know. good stuff. Let me ask you a question. Show of hands, how many believe God can heal a person? How many okay. Let me ask you a more important question for, for the purposes of today. How many of you have prayed that God would heal and then he didn't? Because this is one of the biggest tensions for so many people that believe in the word of God. Why is it that one person gets healed and another doesn't? And when we, when we pray and we pray the prayer of faith and we're standing and we're believing and we're, and uh, uh, you know, how many times have we seen where the entire church is gathered around praying for a miracle and we don't get it? It, it, it it's so confusing, confusing, it brings questions and then it can lead to doubt. In the gospel, we see that there are at least, at least 30 different healing miracles. And the, and the Bible implies that there were hundreds more, but there were at least 30. We see the blind uh, healed. We see the lepers healed. We see the deaf ears open. We see the, the dead raised to life again. Can I tell you one of my favorite stories of healing? In Acts chapter 20, Paul is preaching, and the Bible says he preached on and on. He just kept on preaching. Paul wouldn't shut up. And this young fella is sitting on the window seal, and he falls asleep. Paul preaches so long. Y'all thought I preached a long time. Paul preached so long, the young man falls asleep and falls out the window, falls three stories, and dies when he hits the ground. This is terrible. I mean, I've had people fall asleep when I was preaching, Paul, but come on, man. Falls asleep. Paul runs down there, lays on top of his body, power of God touches him, heals him, awakens him. Paul looks back up and says, don't worry, he's alive. Now, I don't know, Paul, if your ministry gets credit for healing the guy that died because you preached too long. I don't. <laughs> but here's what I love about Paul. The Bible says he goes right back upstairs and goes right back to preaching. Okay, that's done. He preaches until sunrise. I love, I love, I love that. Paul, man, come on. Shorten that sermon up a little bit, bro. 
My dad, my dad would have said to the Apostle Paul, you know, in his bishoply manner, he would have said, this is what he said to me anyway, he'd say, son, the, the, the mind can't comprehend what the backside can endure. <laughs> But we see these miracles in Scripture, and then all of a sudden, we say, well, wait a minute, it didn't happen. We read where, where Jesus said in John chapter 14, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works, because I'm going to be with the Father. You're going you're to do the same thing, and even greater, so we know we have this power. We know that the power of God is, is available to us today. We know we've seen the miracles. We've seen the works. I believe it today, but wait a minute. Why doesn't he do it all the time? Maybe you've never had this question. I have an answer for you today, though. I will tell you it's not a good one, but it's the reality of the answer. And it's simply this. Our God heals, but he doesn't heal everyone all the time. And I don't know if that comforts me, and yet it's the reality of it. But this, this is so important. But let, let's look at the Apostle Paul for a second. Look in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Uh, uh, Trophimus, who is one of eight friends who accompanied Paul on his third missionary journey. 2 Timothy chapter 4. So he says, Erastus stayed in Corinth. Watch this. And I left Trophimus sick in Miletus. I don't know if I'm saying these words right. But here's my point. This guy goes on a mission trip with Paul. He gets sick, and Paul leaves him behind. I've been on mission trips and gotten sick before, multiple times in my life. It's not fun. I'm really glad I wasn't with the Apostle Paul because he would have left me there. <laughs> the, the question is, okay, Paul, if you can raise this young man from the dead, why didn't you just heal him so he could keep going? I don't know. I'm, I'm going to assume, and this isn't written in Scripture, but I'm going to assume, knowing everything I read about the Apostle Paul, that he laid hands on him and prayed for him, and yet the man wasn't healed, so Paul left him. I'm not sitting here making, my point is not here that when people isn't healed, we should leave them behind. That's not the point. The point is that even the Apostle Paul had people that weren't healed in his ministry. Here's another one for you in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 23. You're going to like this scripture. Um, stop drinking only water and use a little wine because, your stomach, because of your stomach and your frequent illnesses. Some of you, some of you are like, I knew it, Pastor. <laughs> this is not a sermon on drink wine or not drink wine, but this is, this is what Paul is saying. Paul didn't say, don't drink wine and don't drink water, and don't go to the doctor, but lay hands on the sick and demand that they are healed, because Paul recognized that sometimes you pray for people and they aren't healed. So Paul says, why don't you try something else? Hey, drink a little wine. Help with your illnesses. You're, you're constantly sick and you're constantly ill. Let's do something about it. Does it mean we shouldn't pray for the sick? No. James said, if there are any sick among you, call for the elders of the church Pray the prayer of faith, right? So we should do this, but we should also recognize that we're not bad Christians. We're, 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 not, we're not necessarily sinful Christians. We're not praying it wrong. It's not because we use wrong verbiage when God doesn't heal. Are you tracking with me? And this is a struggle because I pray for lots of people, starting with myself. 
I have an esophageal disease. It bothers me every day of my life. Every time I eat, it, it is a problem. And every time I'm praying, God, heal me. God, heal me. God, heal me. God, please heal me. I'm crying out to God. We'll talk about more about this in a moment. But I want you to understand, in the midst of that, I can't leave when God doesn't heal me and I go to the next meal and I still have a problem. I can't suddenly say, man, there must be hidden sin in my life. I'm, I'm struggling in some way. My faith isn't big enough. My faith isn't strong enough. I don't know what always the situation is. I don't understand the sovereignty of God, but I do understand that God is a healer. He just doesn't heal everyone all the time. Even Paul said, I prayed for this thorn in the flesh to go away. I prayed three times, and yet it didn't leave me. I want to encourage you, just because your prayer hasn't been answered, don't stop praying the prayer of faith. I have, the, the Bible says that if we just have the faith of a mustard seed, we can see mountains moved. I would like to tell you that as a, as a pastor, you know, I, I was ordained in 2002, so I, I've been ordained now for 17 years, been preaching most of that, been, uh, you know, serving the people of God most of my life. And I would like to tell you that I never struggle and I always have big faith. I would like to tell you that there are never moments in my life where I say a prayer and know good and well that my faith is low. But if I could confess to you today, it would be that I don't always have big faith. I want to. My mind tells me I should. My heart begs for me to. And yet, I know when my faith is low. Now, I can tell you today my faith is really high. I can tell you today that the fact that the air conditioner isn't working is nothing more than proof positive that God's going to heal someone in this church today. But I realize this, that... I, and, I, and I'm reminded of the story when, when the father brought his son. We talked about it briefly last week. And, and this demon was hurting him. And, and, and Jesus was talking to him. And he said, do you believe? And the man said, I believe, but help my unbelief. Wait a minute. This is quite the conflicting response here. I believe, but help my unbelief. And as I read that story, it, I, I can relate to it so much. Because in my mind, I believe that God can do miracles. But in my heart, I'm struggling with the belief that he's going to come through for me. And the reason why I struggle as a believer, and maybe this is not you, I'm just, I'm just talking to you about me, and maybe this connects with you. But I, I believe so much about our good God that I, I'm, I'm afraid that if my heart gets too deep in, if my faith gets too high, and then God doesn't come through for me, I worry that that letdown will impact my relationship with God. So I get caught in this difficulty where I know God can, but I'm afraid to buy in 100%, and I'm saying, God, help me with my unbelief. Are you tracking with me? I don't want to be disappointed in God. Here's what I learned, though. Even though uh, unanswered prayers can shake our faith, there's only one way to combat and it's, it's with this truth, that my faith isn't based on what God does. My faith is based on who God is. This is so important, because if my faith is based on what God does, it will crumble when he doesn't do what I think he should do. 
But if my faith is based on who God is, it never breaks. Sometimes he heals and sometimes he doesn't, but he's still a healer. Sometimes he answers my prayer and sometimes he doesn't, but he's still a supernatural God. He's still a good God. He still knows what's best for me and he's still sovereign. So my faith has to be built in who he is, not necessarily what he does. The reality of this world is we want God to heal everyone all the time. But if God healed, let me put it to you this way. Think about all the people that, God, that Jesus healed in Scripture. We know it was at least 30. Scripture implies it was, it was hundreds. All those people that God healed eventually died. So everyone who God did answer their prayer one time, at some moment later in their life, they're praying again for another miracle, and yet they don't get it. So if we're not careful, are, are you tracking with me this morning? I don't know if I'm speaking to you today. I'm, maybe I'm just preaching to myself. But if we're not careful, we can get our faith built so much in what he does and not who he is. And the moment we don't get what we think we want, what we think God should do, then it breaks down our faith entirely. So my encouragement to you today is believe in who God is despite of what he does or doesn't do. Put my trust that he's a sovereign God. He knows what he's doing. He knows what's best for me, even when I can't see it. Luke chapter 9, one day Jesus called together his 12 disciples and he gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. Then he sent them out to er tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. God has given us power. In this moment, we see Jesus bestow power. He gave them power. And then for us, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, one of my favorite verses in Scripture, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's this same word, this dunamis, dynamite, miraculous power of God. You will receive power. So now, all over Galilee, there were sick people, people in need of help, people in need of solutions, people in need of healing, and Jesus says, I'm giving you the solution. And the solution is the power of God to heal all their diseases. So word disease here is a compound word. It's, it's a compound of the word dis and ease. Dis meaning apart or away or negative or a reversing effect. Ease meaning freedom from labor and pain, concern or anxiety or their comfort. So here's the point. These diseases, this is what Jesus is saying, anything that is reversing the effect or taking away from the ease in people's life, I want you to have the power to heal it. You see, we can get so caught up in physical healings, and they're very real, but there are all types of diseases that are impacting us. There, there, there's depression and stress and anxiety and worry. There, there's, there's mental disorders and, and, and emotional pains and spiritual pains, and there are all these types of problems, but God wants to heal all of our diseases. Anything that's taking away from your comfort, he says, I want to help you with that. Psalm chapter 147, verse 3. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. It's time to see God heal. For your marriage, it's time to heal. For the depression you've been battling, it's time to heal. For the anxiety, anxiety that you've been dealing with, it's time to let God heal you. It's not just physical. It's in everything. One more verse of Scripture, and then we're going we're gonna to pray today. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 27, leading up to this story, Jesus is just doing a series of miracles. He just left one girl's home and two blind men. You're there, verse 27. 
two blind men following along behind him shouting. They start, they start shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on us. Verse 28. Do you have it? They went right into the house where Jesus was staying. So they didn't, they're, like, they're not even going to stop. They're following Jesus. Jesus is going to a house like, leave me alone. They don't even care. They follow Jesus right in. And, and Jesus turns and looks at them. And he asks a very important question. Do you believe I can make you see? Do you, do you believe I can make you see? Do you believe today that God can heal your soul? Do you believe that God can heal your mind? Do you believe that God can heal the, the illness, the sickness, the disease that you're facing? Do you believe that God can heal relationships in your life? This is a question that we have to ask ourselves because it, it starts here. We've got to believe. We've got to believe that he can. They said, yes, Lord, we do. Verse 29. Then he touched their eyes and said, because of your faith, it will happen. Because of your faith. Then their eyes were opened and they could see. And Jesus sternly warned them, don't tell anyone about this. They didn't listen. But instead, they went out and spread his fame all over the re region. Do you really believe that God can heal? For the last few years of my life, I've had the incredible honor of serving my grandparents as their pastor. Of course, they're not with me here today. My grandfather went to be with the Lord uh, last summer. Uh, my other grandfather went to be the Lord 20 years or so ago. Um, but my two grandmothers are still there. And man, you're just talking about two amazing faith-filled people. In the last few years, my, my grandmother Marshall, my, my mom's mom, many of you know her, she would call me in the middle of the day. And she would say, my pastor? I'd say, yes, Granny. You know, you can call me Randon. You know, you can call me Bubba. No, sir, I can't. You're my pastor. And she said, I need you to come pray for me today. Oh, okay, Granny. You know, when your grandma calls and says, come pray, you just go pray. Whatever you're doing, you just go pray. And she says, I'm struggling today. I can't tell you how many times it's my knee's hurting. She had to have her knee surgery. My hip's hurting. My foot's hurting. I'm, you know, whatever the case might be. And she'd say to me every time, Pastor, I know, if you just come pray for me, God's about to heal me. Okay, Granny, I'm not, I hadn't been in church all day. I'm dealing with numbers and board meetings and employees and fighting battles and fighting insurance companies, but let me go pray. There was no worship service to get things tuned up. It was just walk in and there's Granny laying on the couch. Granny, what can I do for you? She's praying. Just lay your hands on my knee right here. She put her, she grabbed my hand, put it on her knee. Father, in the name of Jesus, we know that you're a healer. Heal her knee right now. Every time, God would just heal her. Just, she called me an hour later. Pastor, I just want you to know, I'm feeling good. God touched me. Every, every time. She, she just, when you, when, if you ask her this question, do you believe are you serious? There is no other option but to believe that God is about to heal me. 
This is how I was raised. When I didn't have the faith on my own, my grandmother looking at me said, yes, you're going to pray and God's going to heal me. Yes, ma'am. In Jesus' name, boom, God heals. Happened time and again. Just, just this year, we were having our Pray 21. We're gathered and, and we're praying online. Many of you are with us. It was our, it's our prayer gathering we do uh, on Facebook Live. It's a wonderful thing. I hope you're a part of it. And so my grandmother was going, my, my dad's mom was going through chemo. And she's battling cancer and it's just taking it out of her. She can't even hardly get off the couch. And she's just weak and, and depleted and defeated and she's just struggling. But in the middle of Pray 21, we say a prayer for her. Many of you are on there. And she told me a few days later, she said, Randon, I'm just telling you that when y'all prayed, I was sitting in her living room. She said, when y'all prayed, the Holy Spirit came into my room. I feel the Holy Spirit just coming in right now. The Holy Spirit just came in the room right now. And she said, Brandon, when she did, I know that God just healed me. I said, Grandma, what do you mean? She said, I'm telling you, the cancer is gone in my life, in my body. Just a few weeks later, she goes for her next checkup cancer was gone. Gone. Look, look, I celebrate what the doctors did. You, you can say the chemo worked. You can say this and that. Say whatever you want. It's fine. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you ask my grandmother what happened, God healed her sitting in her living room. This is the kind of God that I serve. So Pastor Ren and I'm I've been asking, I've been asking, and I've been asking, and I've been asking, and God hasn't healed me. Guess what? Me too. I pray every day for myself. I declare every day that today is my day that God is going to heal me, and he hasn't done it yet. But I'm reminded of another story that Jesus told, and I want to encourage you with this today. If you've been like me and you've been praying a long time, Jesus said, you get up from your house because some friends show up and you go to your neighbor's house and you knock on their door late at night and you say, I need to borrow some bread. Some friends showed up and I don't have anything for them to eat. And your friend says to you, no, I'm not getting up. It's the middle of the night. You knock again and they say, no, I'm not getting them up. My kids are locked in bed. We're all, we're all tucked in bed. We're, we're not getting up. But here's what Jesus said. If you keep knocking because of your shameless persistence, shameless persistence, eventually, your friend is going to get himself out of the bed. So that authorizes me to stand before you this morning and say, I know God hasn't healed me yet, but I'm here today knocking on the door of heaven with some shameless persistence that it may not have been my day yet. It may not have been my prayer time yet that's been answered, but my time is coming. And I'm going to keep on knocking and keep on knocking and keep on knocking because I know that my God is a healer. And I believe that he can and I believe that he will. He may not have done it yet, but I've got shameless persistence and Jesus said I could. So here I am, Lord. Heal me. Stand up on your feet and clap your hands with me. I just feel the power of God in this room today. Here's, one I, here's what we're going to do. We're going to close a little different way today, but we're going to pray for anyone that is in need of healing in your life, whatever it is. I'm going to tell you there are people in this room that have already been healed time and again. There's enough faith in this room. You say, well, Pastor Ryan, I'm short on faith. Hey, good news. One of my favorite gifts of the Holy Spirit is the gift of faith. You can read about it in the book of Corinthians. What is that? That means that when your faith is low, we can call on the faith of heaven and he'll make up the difference. So if you need healing in your body, 
If you need physical healing today, we want to pray for you. If you need healing in your mind, if you need healing in your emotions, if you need healing in a relationship, any type of healing, I believe God wants to touch you today. We're going to see God move. How many believe God wants to do a miracle today? All right. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask our, our prayer partners to make themselves available uh, here at the front the, the, right now. There we go. And if you need healing of any kind, I want you to come in just a moment. I'm going to pray over you, and then I want you to come. Come quickly, and we're just going to pray. Tell us what we can pray about, and we're just going to see God move in your life. And uh, the worship team's going to sing. If you want to slip out at any point, you can. We're going to have a soft ending today. But our God is a healer, and he wants to show up. People are already coming. So if you need prayer for healing, Father, right now, I believe that you have ordained this day on the calendar of heaven. Lord, it is not by accident that we are here. But God, we know that you are a healer. And so we are here, shamelessly persistent, knocking on the door of heaven, asking you to do the miraculous because, God, that is who you are. So work in this place today. I feel you, Holy Spirit. I know that you're here. Heal, heal, heal in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. These altars are open. Come down quickly. Let us pray with you. I'm going to stand here. I'll pray with as many as I can. Uh, God bless you. If you don't need prayer, you can stay and worship with us. If not, we'll see you on Mother's Day. Nothing.